Hi everyone, welcome to the Better Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omar Akhtar. In this podcast, I talk with various experts to find better ways of addressing chronic disease. I hope you find this content beneficial. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Madiha Saeed about her book, The Quranic Prescription, which was written to combine her expertise as a physician treating chronic disease, as well as her faith tradition of Islam. For those of you that may not know, I'm a practicing Muslim and my faith is very important to me. It informs nearly all aspects of my life in a somewhat similar way the Christian faith does for Christians. So the natural question arises, why bring religion or your faith into a discussion about medicine? The answer is that from our perspective, both are connected. For us, Islam is meant to give us a complete blueprint of our lives, and that includes how to become and stay healthy. The Islamic faith at its core is very simple. It comprises of the belief and worship in one God, who we refer to as Allah, and the belief that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was the final prophet sent to all mankind. From that simple belief, an entire civilization grew. Much of what we know in Western medicine today came about due to significant advancements made in the medical sciences by Muslim physicians centuries prior. So this episode will primarily benefit a Muslim audience because they understand the paradigm that we're speaking from and have that core belief I mentioned earlier. Nonetheless, all people, regardless of their faith, can still benefit from this discussion because Islam considers itself a universal religion for all peoples and at the end of the day, we are still talking about reducing chronic disease and inflammation and improving our lives. Now, with that introduction, let's head over to the episode. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited today to be talking with Dr. Medina Saeed, also known as Holistic Mom MD on social media, who is a practicing board-certified integrative family physician, international speaker, and best-selling author. Her best-selling books are empowering the world towards healthier living. While suffering her own serious health problems and not getting the answers she needed, she began her quest for true healing and now helps many other patients in their journey towards better health. She has four very active boys who host the Holistic Kids Show podcast and interview the biggest names in functional, holistic, and integrative medicine, helping kids be empowered to live healthier. Dr. Saeed and her family have also launched the Holistic Urdu channel on Facebook, where she educates with her family millions of people in the Urdu language. This channel has gained a huge attraction in a short period of time. So Dr. Saeed, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I'm excited for this discussion. Oh, I am so incredibly honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to start by mentioning that the thing that I wanted to discuss in this podcast was this book that you've written that is right behind me, that for those who aren't able to see the video part, I will link the book in the show notes, but the book is called The Quranic Prescription. And this was a book that you wrote that really merges your expertise in medicine as a family physician and integrative physician, as well as your faith and background of Islam, and puts those two together. And we, we don't see a lot of books doing that from a Muslim perspective, especially in English. And so I think this is an incredibly important book. I loved reading it and got so much benefit from it. And I'm excited to discuss this with you today. So I wanted to know initially just about your journey towards in medicine and more so in the functional integrative space. Absolutely. Well, it was definitely has been a journey. It started, you know, 
I was born and raised in Naperville, Illinois. I had all the same bad habits that have led most of children and adults down the road to chronic health conditions. I took cans of soda to school regularly, you know, had all the processed food in the morning for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my mom, even though she was like an amazing cook. But it was food was, you know, love. So therefore, whatever we wanted, we got. And then that, you know, obviously at that time, I started struggling with lots of chronic conditions, um, severe alopecia, severe digestive issues, you know, severe weight gain. But what happened was that, you know, I continued on that hamster wheel as my, it was my new normal, according to the doctors, unfortunately. And I just continued on that hamster wheel, continued on the hamster wheel until one day that hamster wheel came to an abrupt stop. Uh, I was a new mom, a new wife, a new resident, all at the same time. Uh, me and my husband were both working ADR work weeks. And so one day my head, husband had this gut inclination. He's like, can you go check up on our 10-month-old in daycare? And when I did that, I walked into every mother's worst nightmare. The lights were dim. The daycare provider was rocking back and forth, back and forth in her chair, and the eerie silence was broken by my child's in the back. When I went back there, I saw that my child, my gift from God, was like suffocating almost to death. His arms and legs were tied down with the receiving blanket. His pacifier was in his mouth. I immediately picked him up and I ran out and I said, God, you know, you saved this child today. I can't thank you enough. And I promise I'm going to take care of these kids the best that I know how. But then I had to think, take a step back because I myself as a family physician was falling apart. You know, we're supposed to be like preventative, right? And here, I didn't even know how to take care of my own body. And so I was dealing with lupus and Hashimoto's and digestive issues and acne and eczema and suboric dermatitis. And the list goes on and on of just how miserable I was feeling. I even had shingles in residency. So that's how I knew that this is just not the way for my body to be functioning at such a young age. And I was not going to expect the, you know, accept the paradigm that, sorry, there's nothing really we can do besides for meds. Meds are great, like help a lot. But for me specifically, I did not want to, you know, just rely on them for the rest of my life. And specifically with all the side effects and all those things that we see, I did not want to deal with that. And so I began this journey and I really asked Allah for help or God for help saying that, you know, help guide me. And then he really guided me to integrative holistic functional medicine. We're under one roof. There was an OBGYN, an internist, an exercise physiologist, nutritious counseling, chiropractor, massage therapy, all brought together for the complete healing of the whole person. So when I joined this medical practice right out of residency, I was you know, blown away on how you can actually treat the whole person and not just compartmentalize symptoms, right? Because that's what we were really taught in residency was, you know, we're only going to talk about one symptom and one symptom only. We'll address that symptom. And then when you come back the next time, that well, that's when we'll deal with the next symptom. But that's didn't make sense to me again. And when I started looking at the whole body, it like blew my mind with how amazing, you know, the healing can actually be. My first patient was like a 30, a 31 year old of nine different autoimmune diseases, myasthenia gravis, psoriasis, lycus planus, Sjogren's, Hashimoto's. And she actually came to me because of the fact that she was on the highest dose of mestinon and that she didn't want to start Imuron. And it was just, she just felt like every day there was another chronic health condition that she was battling. And she didn't want to live that way. She worked at the family dollar store. She worked at the gas station. So it's not like she had a lot of money. She just wanted to know where to start. 
And for her as a family physician, we know we deal with lots of different diseases. We deal with lots of different age groups. And so that's when I really started writing in the book, The Holistic Rx, Your Guide to Healing Chronic Inflammation and Disease, to give people with multiple different demographics, no matter what they're dealing with, a solution on where to start. So that's the best of functional integrative holistic medicine, all under one roof for covering over 80 conditions for all ages. And so just by doing that with my patients, I saw almost she no longer deals with these chronic health conditions anymore. I mean, she literally, her, her dream was to be a scuba diver instructor. And you know, with myasthenia gravis, which is an autoimmune disease of the muscles, that's very difficult to do. And so actually she was able to accomplish that and she actually found her husband as she was scuba diving. So it is just such a beautiful story that if we can, there's so much that we can do to put our bodies back into balance in conjunction with the conventional care. And when that first book came out, I started educating the Muslim audiences and I opened up the Quran and the Sunnah and I'm like, oh my gosh, all the stuff that we are telling patients to do right now, everything that I have helped patients, just a simple, you know, lowering chronic inflammation by eating the right types of foods, lowering toxins, lowering stress, you know, the social health, spiritual sleep, just by putting your body back into balance. The Quran had told us Muslims specifically how to live that kind of lifestyle centuries and centuries and centuries ago. So that's when I really started writing the the Quranic prescription, um, trying to learn more about it and educate myself. I found a scholar that was able to help me through that because he lives this lifestyle too. So that's when the Quranic prescription came about. That's such a powerful story, you know, starting from the parent's worst nightmare. And I've had kids in uh, daycare and it can certainly be very stressful, but to go through something like that is, is very life altering. And so, and at the same time, I've also been through residency and through those 80 hour weeks. So I know exactly what you're talking about and people underestimate how stressed and burnt out a lot of these residents are. There is a problem with physician suicide in, especially amongst young physicians, um, because there are a lot of mental health issues that go um, unchecked and there's really not a good way of reaching out for help and, and getting the help that, that people need. So there's a, there's a mental health component and like you mentioned, a physical health component going through such a stressful state, whether that's in medicine or in another field. And so that leads to our chronic disease epidemic. And you know, you mentioned that in your book and some of the statistics are very staggering for people who haven't heard them, like um, the fact that six in 10 adults have a chronic disease or that we are now talking about obesity rates of 45, 50% at times. Um, we are talking about a, a one person dying of a, heart, a, a, of a heart attack every 40 seconds. And suicide every 40 seconds. It's craziness. It's remarkable. And the, the rates of childhood obesity are skyrocketing. And so it's just quite remarkable what's going on in, in the chronic disease epidemic. And that's something that, you know, I'm trying to tackle and you're trying to tackle. So And it's definitely not a medication, you know, shortage. Right? Yeah, yeah. We have pl plenty of medications. We have plenty of specialists. It's just that we, like you mentioned, we're not focused on getting the body into a balance. There's that that underlying principle of keeping the body in balance, which a lot of ancient cultures and ancient wisdom had, 
we have lost that. And so absolutely, I think from the, from the Muslim perspective, we, we do have access to that because we have the Quran. And for those who don't know, the Quran is the, the holy book for the Muslims, the revelation from God, which, you know, is um, for Christians, the Bible. And so we, we have that. And so why we, we can merge these two things together and why it's important to do so is because chronic disease and living well through the principles that we get in Islam and through the Quran are, they go hand in hand. And that's why I think your book merges the two so well. And absolutely. And, it, and it's that balance. I mean, in the Quran, like God has told us Muslims that, you know, he has created this balance, like the ummah that's justly balanced. And if we just look at, you know, our body is protected by these series of miraculous defense systems working nonstop to keep our cells, our organs, and every bodily function working smoothly just to keep us healthy. So then really maintaining and optimizing these defense systems is really key to keeping our bodies in balance. But unfortunately, these beautiful systems, when they stop working correctly, we have an epidemic. And this is the epidemic of chronic disease that we're dealing with when the imbalances of all these symptoms and the these systems is really causing this epidemic of chronic disease. So if we can just put our bodies back into balance, we can improve, lower chronic inflammation, optimize our mitochondria, optimize detoxification pathways, and lower not just one of your chronic symptoms, but then all of them simultaneously and even preventing disease. So it's really powerful just by simple things that we can do on a daily basis that will help to optimize our overall health and well-being for not just us, but our children. Absolutely. And I think the the important thing is, I think the paradigm is very different. The, the, what we're talking about in more of the integrative medicine and um, more of the balance that we're talking about isn't really present in our teaching, especially medical school, in our practice, when we practice as physicians, it's just not present because we're looking at things from a different paradigm. There, the paradigm is you have a disease, you find out what that disease is, and you look for different medications in that disease. And we just, we know that that isn't enough. It's, it's necessary to a certain degree, but it's not enough. And so what we're advocating for is to try to go to a place where we can balance the body much better, like you mentioned. And one of the key things about balance you talk about in the book is inflammation. And so I wanted to dwell on that a little bit and understand inflammation better for those listening, what exactly it is and why it is at the root of a lot of chronic disease. Absolutely. So we know that when you go to your doctor for eczema, they give you an anti-inflammatory. When you go to your doctor for back pain, they give you an anti-inflammatory. For headache, an anti-inflammatory. Allergies, an anti-inflammatory. <laughs> so the list goes on and on about, so doctors know that the underlying cause of these chronic health conditions is inflammation, but unfortunately we were never really taught to address it or where it could be even coming from. We were just taught to band-aid it. And 
let's understand what inflammation is. It really means that it's when your body is off balance and there's two main types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation and chronic inflammation. With the healthy inflammation response or acute inflammation, that lasts for a short time. It's a good sign that your body's and its defenses are working properly. But if the switch of that immune system stays in the on position for too long, that can be too much of a good thing. So constant modern lifestyles, exposures or triggers like chronic stress and toxins and artificial toxic food, allergens, low-grade infections can all start to drive disease, destroying this uh, beautiful masterpiece that we were born with, this miracle of a body. So this does take a little bit longer to kick in and it takes time to develop. So, but with a properly functioning immune system, it's able to keep this fire under control. But when you're constantly being bombarded in all different directions with these triggers, the inflammatory molecules like these cytokines go out of control. They destroy everything in its path, damaging tissues and organs and leading to chronic diseases of every stripe. And this chronic inflammation cannot just affect our every bodies and cell, but also it disrupts our brain chemistry. So you can't make, you know, serotonin. It disrupt it dis disconnects the prefrontal cortex from the amygdala. So we're using our prefrontal cortex and we're, we're, we're making more limbic system driven decisions, which is like fight and flight type of decision, anger, us versus you mentality. We are, uh, this affects then our mitochondria. That is the powerhouse of the cell that can lead to lots of chronic health conditions. So chronic inflammation is really destroying our bodies from the inside out. And just by living a life that is balanced, we can lower chronic inflammation, optimize the mitochondria to improve these symptoms and to lower these chronic inflammatory conditions. Absolutely. I think the example you mentioned right at the start of the patient that you were talking about with so many different chronic health issues is a really good example of this where what she had was a list of problems. And those that list of problems wasn't really it would name what the issue was, but it wasn't really fixing the underlying problem. So a lot of the drivers of those diagnoses or those chronic conditions was inflammation. And so I think it was really when you started working on the inflammation, when you just try to get her back into balance, which presumably nobody had done before that, or nobody really tried in any serious way before that. Once you started to do that, then all of those chronic conditions or many of them got better. And the reason they got better was because many of them had the same underlying mechanism, and which is chronic inflammation. And so that's why it's so important for people to understand that their symptoms that they have and their diagnoses is often related to chronic inflammation. And we have to work harder to address that. So, yeah. So I want to ask you now specifically gearing towards Muslims, where we, we know clearly that we have taken a step back in terms of our health as a community and our our focus on health and our our contribution to health the way that previous muslim physicians contributed to health and really were at the top of the health field many centuries ago so i want to see if you have any thoughts on why that has happened um and specifically knowing that a lot of our medical schools a lot of our you know, our, our institutions, especially even more in the Eastern part of the world, have gi given up this mind-body-spirit, this idea of balance, this idea of 
a um, a combining of physical medicine with spiritual medicine. That's really been given up for adopting more of a, a Western attitude towards medicine. So I want to see if you have any thoughts around why we as a Muslim community have um, have been so poor in our health overall. I think we have put a lot of emphasis on the spiritual health and putting our physical health on the side. And, and when we talk about religion, we talk about prayer and, you know, charity. And so it's these things that go along, but not really taking care of our blessings, our birth, our um, children's health, our health, even though it does take a priority in our religion, unfortunately, because despite being, I mean, so many Muslim physicians, we're not, we're, we've kept them both separate. Health is in its own area, and this is in, you know, the spiritual realm is in its own subject. So when we talk, when we go, when we talk, for example, Ramadan, which should be like the most spiritual aspect of our, you know, where we should be really listening to what God has told us, listen, being trying to be mindful of our bodies. We're fasting, yes, but then we open it with junk. Like most, most Muslims actually gain weight in Ramadan is because of the fact that we overeat and we eat the wrong foods. And even in Hajj, when I went, so my book first came out in 2017, I went to Hajj in 2018. Uh, I started putting these pieces together with the way that our religion was talking about food and lifestyle, but then we had chose to ignore or just not understand. But I realized that we were sitting there and praying, you know, at Arafat for optimal health, which is basically like the day that we're sitting and just praying and contemplating and asking God for his help. And all the Muslims, you know, millions of Muslims, all like a lot of them are asking for help as everybody was passing around Coca-Cola. And that just blew my mind because I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the height of irony. This is the way, the height of irony. And we would, we, we would literally uh, do Hajj and then people would complete their Hajj and then go straight to McDonald's. You know, so we're not seeing that connection between what food and our spiritual health or just every our day lifestyle choices and our spiritual health, uh, but not recognizing that our physical health actually determines our our spiritual health. You cannot have optimal spiritual health without optimizing your physical health. And Alhamdulillah, our religion, Islam, is a holistic religion. In the Quran, Allah has talked about how we need to be eating and living and how we should be greeting people and how, you know, like to the, to, the whole to even complex issues. Yeah, everything. So we are a holistic religion, but unfortunately, we've compartmentalized it. And just to clarify for people who may not know, Ramadan is our month of fasting where one month out of the year, we don't eat from sunset to, uh, excuse me, sunrise to sunset. And most of the times that is meant to kind of, the fasting is meant to decrease our caloric intake. But in the times where we are allowed to eat, we end up eating more and end up eating worse than we should. And that's what you were referring to. And the, the Hajj pilgrimage is when we travel to uh, Mecca 
for for the pilgrimage, and we um, often find ourselves at that's probably the peak of worship. But we have this connection between all these uh, unhealthy food chains, things like that, in uh, not only Saudi Arabia but in all of the other Muslim countries. So, ironically, the highest rates of obesity in the in the world are sometimes seen in Muslim countries, whereas that you know really shouldn't be the case. Absolutely, the Middle East and North Africa has the highest, second highest increase in diabetes globally. The number of people with the disease is projected to soar more than 95% by 2035. It's, it's really remarkable. And I think, you know, what it points to is that there is, the, within the Muslim community, there is a lot lacking in the, you know, when we talk about spiritual health and we talk about, you know, reading the Quran and reciting it and worshiping, there is a disconnect between what we are reading and what we are applying to our lives. And this is just across the board. And so we, I think that is the key thing that's missing. And that's something that we need to address as a, an entire community where, you know, all of that wisdom, all of that instruction is given in that book. We're just not adopting it in our lives the way we should. Absolutely. And I know the one I really do put emphasis on in the book is the importance of eating real food. And in the Quran, Muslims have really been commanded by God to eat tayyib food. So yes, you may have heard halal and zabiha and all of these other things, but I had never heard, being from a Pakistani origin, I had never heard anything about tayyib. And tayyib basically means pure and natural, tranquil, nutritious, safe. It's basically good upon good upon good. But it's organic when it comes to food it's organic not gmo and god i mean in the quran allah god has equated it to if we truly worship him or not now that is super heavy because believe me it's very difficult for me to even find tayyib foods at the mosque now that's that should just blow your mind <laughs> i can very rarely find Real Thaya foods, when I actually go to, like, for example, the Zabiha Halal stores, I can't find anything really organic, not GMO. And so I can find it in, you know, Hindu stores. I can find it in Walmart. I can find Jewish kosher places, Christian stores. Like, I can find it all there, but I cannot find these things in Muslim stores. And that's, you know, unfortunately leading to a lot of the chronic health conditions that we're dealing with today because we know that these foods are changing our biochemistry with every bite that we take, constantly influencing how we feel. Um, our, you know, these nutrient-poor foods are destroying our health, our brains, or even down to our microbiome and our genes. So we know that food is power, it's information, it influences our microbiomes, influences our gene, and we can transform our biology. And a food can either activate the potential for healing or creating these imbalances. But unfortunately, so if we, if we can just get back as a world, and specifically even as a Muslim world, to getting back to the way that we should be eating foods, like real food, a lot of the problems that we're seeing in the Muslim world would probably decrease, like especially with the diabetes and the obesity that we're seeing in rampant. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's a very powerful message. And, and it's really a wake-up call, I think, for Muslims to realize that 
the way that they're leading their lives is not right. We see that with all the statistics, with all of the numbers that we have of what's going on. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you vocalizing that and it's, it's a very important message. So um, I want to ask you a couple of brief questions, of which one is that you mentioned in your book about the four S's, right? Uh, sleep, stress, spiritual, and social health. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating that that is such a pillar of more integrative and holistic medicine, but also something recommended to us from the faith. So, you know, there's just a perfect synergy between a lot of those things. And so, you know, it's, it's just so important for people to realize that message of improving these pillars. So can you speak to how we can make that a staple in our lives? Absolutely. So we know that, for example, stress, stress leads to 80 to 90% of the complaints that come to primary care physicians are due to stress. And if we can lower the overall stress, we can improve not one of these symptoms. Again, we can improve all of them simultaneously because it can lower chronic inflammation. So just simple things like, for example, I have people, you know, just surrendering and trusting in God, healing with nature and mindfulness and meditation as we as Muslims have been really commanded to be mindful with every step that we take. I mean, literally the second verse of the of the second surah or the chapter in the Quran is like this book is a book for those that are mindful. And so we have been commanded and we now we know the science has proven that that mindfulness is so important to lower chronic inflammation and to change genes. And the list goes on and on to lower, to lower stress, prayer and dua, which is supplication and, you know, zikr, which can also be, you know, like mantra meditation. Like there's so many different pieces of there. But like, just look at as a simple things, for example, spending time in nature. We know that can then de-stress us and lower inflammation, just giving a sense of that, you know, the smell can actually improve the mood, improve the immune function. So, um, and then same with mindfulness and meditation and just, so what about, so that's a stress piece of it. Um, then we know sleep is super important for us because while we're sleeping, we're not using much energy for anything else besides for, you know, fixing what needs to be fixed, lowering, you know, balancing out the hormones, all of that. Then the next piece of that puzzle is social health. Now we know that love does heal and keeping people, I know that the emphasis on the friends that we keep, keep are really, it's really heavy in the Quran and Sunnah. And just to keep people around you that are going to lift you up, not drag you down. And then the biggest piece I feel like where I start every single one of my patients is gratitude. And I've started this for the general audience, for the Muslim audience, because now science has proven that the thoughts in our brains can actually turn genes on and off, can lower inflammation. So, and unfortunately, we're living in a world today that we're subconsciously very negative. But in order to change our subconscious from instead of thinking negative to thinking positive, we can, um, again, lower that chronic inflammation, um, turn genes in the right direction. It's really powerful. It's probably one of the most powerful things that you can do is immediately when you wake up in the morning, say 10 things that you're thankful for every morning. 
And we as a Muslim Ummah should be very positive, but unfortunately, I mean, we're probably one of the most negative people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's another thing that we've lost, you know, that the those commandments of gratitude, those commandments of just um, being content with what you have, those types of things, and adopted an attitude that is more in line with with modernity, which is more complaining and more, you know, just a a not looking at the situation in its full perspective that we should be really. So absolutely. So yeah, I, I, that's I think the biggest problem. So so I wanted to end by asking you. You know, a lot of what we've spoken f- is talking about how to integrate the the Quranic prescription and the the wisdom that we get from the Quran with chronic health and chronic uh, disease. So, how can this apply to a non-Muslim audience who you know may not believe in the Quran, may um, not believe in God, but how can that just still apply to them? So we know that we are mind, body, soul. And so trying to keep our bodies in balance just by focusing on your digestive health and detoxification, the four S is stress, sleep, social, and spiritual health, spiritual health for just gratitude, just being grateful to a super, you know, supernatural power or, or just being grateful to each other, just being very thankful overall is you can connect to your spiritual self. So I have all my patients, despite their demographic, focus on their digestive health and detoxification, the four S is stress, sleep, social, and spiritual health, starting with that spiritual health to be thankful and grateful for all of the things that we have, um, because it's like waking up on the right side of the bed every day. Yeah, I think that's that's a perfect sum up of that message. And I think that a lot of people who are non-Muslims and may not believe in the faith can still really appreciate the message of balance, good health, and a lot of what now science is proving that, you know, like you mentioned, time in nature, um, our relationships to, to one another, those types of things that are now, even fasting, the benefits of fasting that are being proven in science now, uh, people can appreciate that even if they're coming from a paradigm outside of the Islamic faith. So, I appreciate you laying that out. So this has been a great discussion and I will link the book. I encourage people to read that, get that, and to um, look for Dr. Saeed online because she has so many good videos and her kids also have a a great podcast which helps um, younger kids eat and and just be healthier overall. So um, I appreciate you doing all that. And so thank you for taking the time today and speaking with me. Thank you again for having me. This has been an absolute honor. It's been a fun conversation. Thank you. If you liked this episode, please share with your friends and family, and please remember to subscribe so we can share this message with as many people as possible.